Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode 112. I'm your humble host, James Fisher. This is the JRPG Report. This is our weekly news episode. It comes out every Wednesday, and we go over all the big RPG stories in the JRPG world. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for listening in. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and, and Twitter, and I'm putting out daily JRPG videos over on YouTube. Just search for JRPG Report. we got a good podcast for you guys today. Not too long. I dare say this is going to end up on the shorter side of things, but uh, we got some fun, fun stuff to talk about. The first game I want to talk about today is one that we have never talked about before. It is a brand new intellectual property from Bandai Namco, and it is being called Scarlet Nexus. I'm assuming that's going to be its new uh, title, not just a project title. It was announced the other day, initially for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Subsequently, they did say it's going to be coming out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC via Steam. Go ahead and jot that down, because you're going to be hearing that a lot here lately. Uh, no Switch announcement. I don't think that's coming either. Um, but yeah, everything's going to be coming out for uh, both systems, I would dare say, for at least... A little while so this is definitely like an anime inspired action rpg probably more heavy on action than you might typically um hear at least me talking about on this game but i think uh, at least initially from the trailer that anime look and feel um definitely has all the um the tropes just a little more action oriented so no release date on this so this is the initial kind of announcement they did have an incredible looking trailer so i'd encourage you guys to check out um over on our youtube page i've got an introduction video as well as the images that have been put out for this game it certainly does look impressive um here is kind of the overview of the game from them they say in a far distant future a psionic hero hormone was discovered in the human brain, granting people extrasensory powers and changing the world as we know it. Just as humanity was entering this new era, deranged mutants known as the Others began to descend from the sky with a thirst for those human brains. Kind of sounds like a sci-fi movie gone completely wrong. Highly resistant to conventional attack methods, extreme measures need to be taken to battle the overwhelming threat and preserve humanity. Uh, with those acute extrasensory abilities, known as psionics, they were our chance to fight the onslaught from above. To this day, psionics have been scouted for their talents and recruited to the Other Suppression Force, or the OSF, humanity's last line of defense. You take on the role of Yutu Samaruchi, a recruit, a new recruit to the OSF, aiming to become an elite psionic like the one who saved him as a child. Armed with a talent and psychokinesis, explore the futuristic city of New Hamukula, H-I-M-U-K-I-A, and uncover the mysteries of the brain-punk future, caught between technology and psychic abilities. Uh, this features um, kind of, uh, if you guys ever played the old PS2 game, 
psyops you might have a bit of a feel to it obviously this is you know in a different league with uh, what they're able to do but you're definitely using you know psychokinesis abilities in order to manipulate objects and use them to your advantage in much much uh flashier fashion uh than that game um they say that using your psychonetic abilities, the world around you becomes your greatest weapons. Lift, break, and throw pieces of the environment to build your attack combos and lay waste to the enemies. Uh, these deranged mutants that descend from the sky are highly resistant to conventional attacks and defenses. They are tormented by the constant pain of their mutation. They seek the brains of living organisms to calm their madness. These things are pretty wild looking. Um, they kind of look like have a half doll half flower um organic makeup it's very odd you'll definitely want to check out the videos and, and images to kind of know what i'm talking about um there's even like a, a alligator type looking thing with a machine gun in its mouth it's it is completely over the top and uh, grandiose in its scale for sure uh, they say there is a uh, that you can dive into a complex story of bonds courage and heroism crafted by the minds behind and this is what's really going to maybe hook you is this is actually by the team that brought us tales of vesperia um, i'm assuming the original team maybe uh, part of the re remake as well remaster but i don't know it, it kind of hooked me initially i know a couple of people were, were definitely saying that you know this one certainly looks impressive and with the pedigree behind it of if not one the best certainly one of the best tales of games then maybe we got something to greatly look forward to like i said it is quite a ways away i would guess earliest that we're going to get this is next year 2021 later on the year but at least from the initial video they've got a good solid base to go off so maybe it's further along um then we know, you know, a lot of times we get that initial uh, break on a game and it's so far, you know, it's it just started development, you know, last week or something. Like, All right, here's our idea. <laughs> and here's a, a sketch that somebody drew on a napkin at the lunch meeting. Now, this one has has gotten far enough to make a pretty confident trailer with different story elements showing off different enemies and fighting each one of them so maybe it's pretty you know further along than most games are when they are first shown off and i gotta be honest i i think i kind of prefer this method obviously it's a new ip so they kind of maybe wanted to go about this way whereas you have established franchises you've got a eager fan base that needs to be constantly fed to keep them engaged so We'll see how that turns out, but it is certainly looking promising. And uh, it's not every day we hear about a new IP, guys. Let's be honest. Especially in our uh, genre, we tend to get uh, Roman numerals that go on forever and ever. But uh, something we want to put on, at least on our radar for a while, that's Scarlet Nexus. Speaking of Tales of Games, uh, we've got two new character trailers for the upcoming mobile game Tales of Crestoria. I won't go into why I'm excited about this one. Maybe you're tired of hearing from that one in the last uh, podcast. But uh, these two trailers. First, we have Kanata Huger. He is the main protagonist, the um, blonde-haired individual you've probably seen in the trailers if you are looking uh, looking at this one. And uh, he has the blood sin of 
Patrickle Edge. He's a male, aged 15, stands at 5 foot 4 inches tall. Bless him. Maybe he'll grow up a little bit more as he gets older. He's right-handed. Birth date of January 15th. He appears in the main story. Uh, these are kind of, they break down each character. So I'm guessing we're going to get some of these appears in either uh, uh, post-game or that you can add uh, via other methods. The story's protagonist and the only son of the respected village leader. He espouses to a desire to protect the weak, but is rarely taken seriously due to its obvious nativity. He believes strongly in the vision orb justice and only opens his eyes to his cruelty when the system brands him as a criminal. And a couple of days later, we were introduced to the main story's heroine. And I'm going to say it's called Misella, M-I-S-E-L-L-A. Her blood sin is Annihilation Flame. Female, aged 14, standing at 5 foot 1 inches tall. She's left-handed. Appears in the main story, birth date of September 6th. She's an orphan raised at a shelter run by Kanata's father. Devoid of self-doubt, she will not hesitate to take on extreme measures to keep Kanata safe. Though she owes Vicious her life, she fears that the great transgressor is leading Kanata down a dark path and despises him for it. I have a feeling we're going to learn about who this Vicious character is here pretty soon um, both trailers are available either on our uh, facebook or twitter page or of course on youtube as well i kind of break those down for you guys over there the game is still slated to come out uh, sometime in early june for ios and android devices and open beta is taking place uh, probably right now Keeping with the mobile game theme, uh, Square Enix released a new animated trailer for War of the Visions Final Fantasy Briggs Exvius. It's a tactical RPG, which is now available um, on iOS and Android. It is uh, This new animated trailer it looks pretty cool. It features the song All for Love by Japanese singer Rachel. This animated trailer, alongside an alternate version of the trailer, including Japanese vocals, will be added to the game in an update sometime in early June. Coming up later this month on May the 27th, Square Enix will host a Dragon Quest Day special program, colon, Dragon Quest, colon, Adventures of Die. This is the latest information on uh, the upcoming releases for Adventures of Die. This, uh, like I said, is May the 27th at 2000 Japan Central Time. You can watch it. On YouTube. Uh, the broadcast will unveil more details about the new Dragon Quest Avengers of Die anime, its voice actors, as well as the latest information on the Dragon Quest Adventures of Die game. Compile Heart updated its official website once again for the 3D dungeon crawler JRPG Mary Skelter finale. We've got three new characters to talk about. First is Miko Ushishima. She is Dawn's big sis of the Relief Squad. They say with a mind as brilliant as hers, she also worked as the professor's assistant, so she has a deep insight on jail. Although she was taken aback by the fact that the person she respected so highly was a mastermind pulling the strings, part of her also suspected as much. In the wake of that regret, she is more resolute with her actions than before. Next is Alice. She is in Mary's group. 
She is a serious girl who does not often show her emotions, but is caring at heart and full of compassion. Jack, who she's been with forever, is her first and foremost concern, and she can even show signs of a normal teenage girl when it comes to him. After everyone is scattered by the onslaught of the execution girls, she cooperates with Mary and Charlotte to reunite with Jack. Last is Kune, K-U-N-I-A-I. She's part of Red Riding Hood's group. She's a woman who originally carried out various odd jobs in Dawn. Although she is clumsy and has a terrible memory, she doesn't give up on herself and tries to find something she can help with. Due to her untimely nature, she doesn't come across things that she should not have seen. Mary Skelter finale is due out for PlayStation 4 and Switch on August the 27th in Japan. Sword Art Online Alzation Lycris got another sub-episode gameplay video for this time for the characters. Rone, Arable, and Tease Shotelinen. I hope I got those even close to pronounce them correctly. I'm sorry if I didn't. This is from publisher Bandai Namco and developer Aquaria. This is the latest one. Uh, last week we had one on Yu-Gi-Oh! Next week, the character videos are going to focus on Fanatio. Now, these are very short. This one was only about 57 seconds long, showing off the uh, the valets for the main uh, for Kirito and Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, we'll bring those new ones to you next week. When we get those as well. Let's take a quick break here. Have a word from our sponsor. And we'll be right back with the second half. The JRPG Report episode 112. Alright everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We have got a few more stories to go through. Like I said. This one's definitely going to be a bit on the short side. Wasn't a ton of things to talk about this week. If you haven't already. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook. Follow on Twitter. And Please consider giving us a subscription on YouTube. I'm trying to get to that magical thousand subscriber mark, and um, so that at least we could open up a path towards monetization. Um, that's a long ways away, but uh, it's got to get there uh, slowly, one step at a time. Like I said, I'm trying to put out daily videos over there, so you've always got something to check out. Give you a quick preview of what's coming up on this Sunday special. Um, I think I'm going to take kind of an introspective look back and I want to talk about kind of my JRPG story. Um, We'll go back to the beginnings. Everybody has this story and I've probably told it at least in parts before, but I think that'd make a fun little Sunday special. I'm going to try to actually do, um, make a video of it as well and show off some of the games I've got that have been so influential in not only my gaming life, but it, it bleeds over into your, you know, your personal life. These things form you one shape way or another. Um, definitely you guys will want to look forward to the next couple of Sundays. I have been, uh, hope he doesn't mind me talking about this, but me and Jordan have been talking about doing a Sunday special and kind of talk about the upgaming Xenoblade Chronicles game that's going to be coming out on May the 29th. He has, uh, he's in that boat of he played the originals, just got done playing part two, whereas I only played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I've got some questions about some of what the differences are between those. What we got to look forward to in terms of this uh, upcoming exciting 
release. And I've got another special coming up that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. And I'm just nailing down the details to have an interview with a uh, developer of a very promising-looking, different kind of JRPG. So I'll give you some more details on that as those, um, as those things, I kind of nail those details all down. So back to the news, I kind of speculated on this a while ago and saying that everything's going to be canceled this year. Well, it officially has canceled Tokyo Game Show 2020. We knew, you know, E3 was first, then Gamescon, and Tokyo has followed suit as they have to. I mean, whoever ends up being the first big event to still go on is going to face such backlash of even trying to do something. I mean, obviously, eventually we've got to at some point, but in terms of big crowds crammed into small spaces, nobody's going to be comfortable doing that uh, anytime soon. Uh, just on a personal note, we had, had actually bought tickets and uh, we're going to take our daughter to our first like big live concert um, for the Black Keys in September. And we actually got the email this week that it is officially already been uh, canceled. Um, hopefully they will, you know, redo those things at some point in the future. Is uh, you know, sporting events, concerts, big public gatherings. There's um, some things that are going to need to be addressed here pretty soon. But uh, back on topic. <laughs> uh, it, also, keeping in line with the other events, they have said that while the physical event has been canceled, it will be a um, online digital event instead. This would have run September 24th to the 27th in Chiba, Japan. Don't really need to read what's going on, um, but they said that they will announce things at a later press release in later May as to what exactly is going to uh, go on for that. But certainly kind of sad news, but it is what it is, and not a whole lot can be done about that. Compile Heart released the opening movie for VVV Tunia. It will feature the opening song, and this is just the, like, infinity symbol. And then in, uh, quote, you know, in parentheses, it says unlimited. So the name of the song apparently is just the symbol <laughs> for infinity, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it was written and composed by Jin and is sung by voice actors for the in-game V idols, me and you. The game just... Is a little different and uh, confusing, so why not make the opening song and uh, maybe just as well. I've got that linked, of course, for you on those three pages, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, if you're interested in checking that out. We speculated on this one last week as well, and it's uh, it's official that Yakuza Like a Dragon will launch for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC via Steam alongside the previously announced PlayStation 4 version in the West on day one, whenever it launches in 2020. Sega announced the Xbox versions will support smart delivery and cross-save functionality. There are pre-orders for the physical day one edition now available at select retailers in North America and 
Europe. Uh, here is the quick overview of the game. They say it's a truly outrageous RPG like you've never seen before. Alongside an all-new cast and setting, Yakuza Like a Dragon introduces a new dynamic RPG combat system that takes the genre somewhere it's never been before, present-day Japan. Ichiban is a die-hard RPG fan, so to help him stay focused in fights, he imagines the battlefield as if he was living in one of his favorite games. In Yakuza Like a Dragon, players will level up 19 different jobs. Far from traditional RPG fare, not warriors or mages, but bodyguards and musicians with completely unique strengths and skills. Get ready to step into Ichiban's shoes and crack some skulls in style. The game just looks insane, and I'm looking forward to it. I've never played a Yakuza game. It's just not really been my thing, but you give me a turn-based battle system, and uh, I'll I'll give you give you a chance. Uh, Square Enix released a set, I believe it was around uh, five or six images for both the uh, new near replicant console game and the near reincarnation mobile game um replicant is developed is in developed for playstation 4 xbox one and pc no word on a next gen version of that yet reincarnation development for ios and android no release dates have been announced yet but both games are looking pretty amazing these screenshots were originally published in last week's issue of weekly famitsu just a quick story here, not JRPG related uh, especially, but uh, today we got a first glimpse at uh, PlayStation 5 footage of what uh, a game could definitely look like. It was showing off Unreal Engine 5. Now, of course, Unreal Engine 4 is kind of like, you know, the the bread and butter for, for most of these games coming out nowadays. Unreal Engine 5 is not due for a full rollout until late 2021. Uh, They're going to have a partial rollout in time. So it kind of sounds like these new systems, both um, the new Xbox and new PlayStation, are going to integrate this into their systems at a later point in time. But in particular, the game that uh, was showed off today using that image, while nothing is going to ever take your breath away anymore. We've kind of reached that point in games where we're, we're getting close to, uh, what's that word that's called? What is it? They look so good that we can't really start to tell. We're not getting that generational leap anymore. There were some very impressive effects with just like little tiny, you know, rocks rolling down a cliff. The sound was truly amazing on them. Um, just, I'm not super excited about this next generation of consoles. I kind of just feel like it's at a weird time as well with everything that's going on in the world. You know, there's more than a few families that are past living paycheck to paycheck. There is no paycheck to live off of. And just the mere idea of a, let's just say $500 system coming out the end of the year. It seems like just a wild fantasy at this point, but I have heard production has not been affected so far. I don't know how, but 
looks like we're going to be getting next gen stuff and we should be hearing about some games here pretty soon we are you know e3 is usually around this time late may early june so i think we're going to start to see some big announcements come out here pretty soon um, about next generation projects uh i saw a short story about squaresoft squaresoft i will I don't know if I ever stopped calling them Squaresoft. That's just, it's in my brain. It's not going away. Square Enix was not planning on making any particular presentations around what would have been E3, which is a little bit odd. At least not big ones. We'll wait and see some clarifications on that as I kind of just saw little blurbs here and there. Nothing out of the official outlets. But we'll just have to wait and see what is coming up from these next generation games. As far as JRPG goes, I'm sure we're going to get some, you know, PS5 versions of these PS4 games. But uh, like we talked about many podcasts ago, when are we going to see that one? I think it's going to be a while. And uh, who knows, maybe the first JRPG we get on the next console is going to be like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. Who knows? Anyway, but a lot to look forward to, and um, I do have one more story to pass on to you guys, but I'll go ahead and give you a little fair warning. It's about Cold Steel 4. There is the potential for a spoiler. I'm going to do my best not to say too much, but um, just keep that in mind. If you want to go ahead and tune off, that is that is fine. I would completely understand. All right, if you're still here, that means you want to hear about Cold Steel 4. Basically, it was just a new story trailer came out for it. It it doesn't talk about too many things, but it does assume that you've beaten Cold Steel 3. Um, past that point, it doesn't uh, ruin too much. It actually could have showed a lot more, to be quite honest, to somebody who's completed Part 3. But... Very cool story. Definitely shows how the story is going to focus on the new Class 7 and the old Class 7. Kind of getting through (laughs) the fallout of what happened at the end of Part 3 and what they're going to do about it. As the the world is on the brink of just all-out war, it doesn't look too good. A uh, <laughs> a certain someone is uh, in need of rescuing. So here it is. Um, it, it does say it just says taking place shortly after the ending of Cold Steel 3. It even shows uh, like Yuna waking up uh, in, in, I guess not a hospital, but like an, the, the, an inn, a bed at the inn. And, you know, the new Class 7 having taken... <laughs> having fought the final battle they uh i guess they were all asleep or something or wore out from it so it's directly right after part three there's no time skip um that we can foresee it does say it's the largest the ultimate class reunion boasting the largest roster in the series history heroes from all over join the cause the heroes of Class 7 unite with Crossbell's special support section and even the heroes of La Belle. I hope I say that right. I was 
you know, the word is spelled L-I-B-E-R-L, but I'm pretty sure it's libel. Um, no, uh, no R in there. So, um, that means we're going to get people from Trails in the Sky, I do believe. Uh, the new and returning systems, battle systems, join the already polished combat Legend of Heroes series, including the ability to summon giant mechs to the field for devastating attacks, use of an auto battle for more expedient combat. Don't know if I love that idea or not. I guess it could be for, well, I would say it's for new players, but if you've, you're not going to start with part four. So that's kind of weird. Now, you've heard my rant previously that if I'm playing a mobile game, I need an auto battle. If I'm playing a console game, I don't want an auto battle. At least I don't think I do. Uh, I mean, it's an option, so it's not like you have to use it. And this, I think, is really cool. The ability to use the Lost Arts, the most powerful orbital magic capable of turning the tide in battle, so that'd be really cool getting some new spells and arts at our disposal. Uh, they say in between epic battles, you can catch a breather with a number of mini games, including fan favorites. Well, not my favorite, <laughs> Vantage Master, uh, fishing, and even puzzle games. Introducing new pursuits like poker, blackjack, and the horror coaster. If you've played part three to its conclusion, seen the credits, then you may watch this trailer. Don't even look at the image for the trailer if you've not completed part three, okay? That's just, this series more than anything else, like I can't even talk about Hajimari no Kozeki. I can't really talk about this one too much without some key elements coming out. Now, the game's been out in Japan forever, so it's not like you can't go and access all that stuff, but uh, we're going to be getting a trickle of information here as we get closer and closer to uh, that fall release date here in the West for PlayStation 4. PC and Switch owners, you will have to wait until 2021. I believe I mentioned this last week that the early placeholder dates are, are throwing it that October 16th range somewhere in that time frame um that would be a friday so most of the time we get on tuesdays so you're probably looking at october 20th or 27th as a possible landing dates here that would be just fine with me also the rumor of ps5 coming out in october so could be a could be a busy month in addition to all the normal stuff that comes out. That's all I got this week for you guys. Like I said, it was going to be a short one. That's the way, way it goes sometimes. Um, if you're so inclined, I'd love a review on um, on wherever you listen to this podcast. Those reviews are what bumps us up and gets more people to notice this podcast. I would really appreciate that. If you are uh, so inclined, we're still taking listener support. You can do that at the bottom of this podcast. There's a link for that. Or get in touch with me, jrpgreport at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to tell you how to do that. And I'm going to, if I can remember, sign up for Patreon if you guys would like to support that way. I certainly 
would not say hello. I would not say no, rather. That would be super awesome. So until Sunday, guys, that's going to do it for the JRPG Report. We're here every day for you in some way, shape, or fashion. And we'll see you guys with a Sunday special this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is James Fisher. We'll see you guys again next time. But until then, get back out there and level up.